Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 14 of Charmed. Sand Francisco Dreaming. Okay, this is going to sound negative, which it's not, but the way I'm phrasing it is going to sound negative. Is it because you're going to use the word actually in an offensive way? In, in spirit, if not in actuality. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked this episode. I actually enjoyed this episode. Yes. I don't know. The thing is, like, when we were watching this, I was like, this is kind of like a, like, dollar store Barbus episode. But the weird thing is, I love Barbus as a character. Barbus is great. A lot of the times they don't really do enough with his, you know, spiel. Yeah. His gimmick. I didn't so much feel like it was a knockoff Barbus episode, although I definitely see that. But as we were watching it, I was not enjoying it until like halfway through. I don't know what it was. Something just flipped and I was like, okay, I'm into it now. I feel like it started off as a meh episode and then at some point they all just decided to embrace the campiness and I got into it. Yeah. I like how there's a clown in this episode that isn't like a stabby stabby evil clown okay yes but also this episode did make me want to go and revisit all of the other episodes that are similar to this okay i i have a theory some kid is dreaming yeah i was and we're all trapped inside his wacky broadway nightmare yes there are a lot of shades of billy the psychic kid in buffy who gets beaten into a coma by his little league coach which is something that seemed very of the time yeah Mm -hmm. but then he draws everyone into this psychic nightmare realm there's an evil clown in that one too yes that's why i was like okay but i mean buffy doesn't own the concept of your dreams coming to life and trying to kill you uh no in fact the episode of television that i was thinking of most while we were watching this other than the one we were watching isn't even a supernatural show i kept thinking about the episode of fraser that's about his dreams and specifically because we're dealing with the dreams that the anxiety dreams that he's having and the anxiety dreams that Niles is having. I'm sorry. Just as I started the sentence, I realized there are two different episodes of Frasier about his anxiety dreams. One of them is like a gay panic dream he's having, but that's not the one I meant. I meant the one where he goes to the cabin with his father and his brother and they're all having weird, weird dreams. And Niles is specifically having anxiety dreams about becoming a father because he's because Daphne's pregnant. I heard an interesting, not theory, but suggestion for the Frasier, for a direction for the Frasier sequel series. I was going to say reboot, but sequel series to go. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, what they should do is they should reveal that the new Frasier is actually a clone. And the original Frasier is still back in Seattle. And the new Frasier is a clone that's made by, like, MIT or whatever. (laughs) Okay. Because Boston. Oh, okay. And the guy who's his son is actually a scientist who's running this experiment on him. They're like, it would be something better than what they're actually doing. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to watch the Frasier sequel series. I I just... It, it might be cliche, it might be basic to take pot shots at the Big Bang Theory at this point, but one of the main things I keep hearing about it from everyone is, what if the Big Bang Theory had Frasier in it? 
Well, it really bothers me that the concept is that his son, that he's estranged from his son. Not that part. That part makes sense. He's been a shitty father for two other TV series. Yeah. Franklin but, was in like, what, three episodes of Frasier? Frederick. Frederick. See, you don't even know his name. And that show was on for like 10 years. Barely showed up. No, but he was a nerdy goth kid. And the concept of the sequel series is that his son is the down-to-earth firefighter who can't deal with his father's, like, weird... Laissez-faire attitude. Yeah. Anyway. Or however you'd phrase. Yeah, I... Yes. (laughs) But that's not who Frederick was. So they just... They just wanted, they wanted him to be Martin. But... Yeah. Yeah. You know who's going to be a real down to earth guy? Someone raised by Lilith. Man. Honestly, everything that we're saying right now, if BB Newworth shows up, that will change the whole game for me because I fucking love that woman so much. I think there's a, there's a chance she might have too much dignity to be. I hope she, so. She's been in some very ridiculous projects, but. I don't know. I feel like this might be too bad. So more than once, I have watched Frasier. I have done a Frasier rewatch where I just watched the Lilith episodes. And man, I love it every time I do that. Oh, B.B. Newworth is amazing. She is. You know, I saw her on Broadway in Chicago. Oh, that must have been great. It was so great. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we just scrap Charmed and do a <laughs> B.B. Newworth fan podcast instead? Because I... Would do that all day. Okay, no, we're not going to do that. But I just have a couple more things to say about the Frasier reboot. Okay. Don't cut any of this. Okay, okay. We will talk about the episode eventually. We'll get there. The initial concept was going to be that he and his brother bought a theater together. And that would have been an interesting concept. And then at some point, David Hyde Pierce was like, this isn't working. I'm leaving. That's when Fair. everyone should have left, right? And I know a lot of people are saying, if David Hyde Pierce isn't signing on, I'm not going to watch it. Mm. And that's fair, but let's let's talk about the reality here. If Joe Keenan isn't writing for it, what are we doing? Yes, exactly. If you were going to do a, I'm going to say, what would, you, what would you call our Joe Keenan rewatch of Frasier? I would call it that. The, yeah, if you're going to... Do a rewatch of Frasier where you're not just rewatching the whole thing. Only watch the episodes written by Joe Keenan. I I was a really big fan of his book series, the Gil, uh, the Gilbert Selwyn books. Why am I gonna go? I know he's not the main character, but the series is called Gilbert I, Selwyn and Friends. I know it is. Well, I guess that makes sense because that's what it is in in Gilbert's head. This is like so obscure to people. Seriously, read My Lucky Star by Joe Keenan. It is such a good book. If if you're like, oh, I wish I could watch the Frasier reboot. I wish it was any good. Yeah. And you haven't read Joe Keenan's novels, that that will tide you over. I mean, they're not Frasier-y. They're very... I mean, they are, though. They're they're farces. They're Frasier-y in tone, but not really in, like... Oh, not in plot, but in tone. Yeah, because, like, Philip is not Frasier. Philip is a better person than Frasier. Yes, that's true. And I don't really... But Moira is his agent. Yes. I I don't really think that, uh... I don't really think Frasier had a Claire character. I mean, I guess technically Claire, I would, if anything, I would say Claire is Roz, but that's, that's kind of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the Joe Keenan books, read them. 
they're they're kind of they're all basically the same book i think my lucky star is the best version of that book but they're all also good well i mean yeah because there's three of them and i would say my blue heaven is the best one Hmm. which is to say of the three books one is your favorite one is my favorite and one is fine so like yeah read them read them all putting on the ritz which has a which i have to buy used because it's out of print yeah and there's a character who is really, really, really obviously Donald Trump in it. Okay, that book was written in the 80s, and Trump was the basis of most villains in the 80s. And this book is no exception, so just, it's not like... Yeah. It's not like overtly political or anything. People, when they talk about Frasier, I've seen a lot of people refer to it as a show that is about straight people but for queer people like Mm. written by and starring queer people yeah everyone on that show except for kelsey Grammer, was gay yes and that's the problem with the sequel series it's all straight guys so they don't really understand what makes fraser fraser charmed (laughs) where were we so, San Francisco Dreaming. Yes, an episode that surprised us by our goodness, so we will actually talk about it now. Uh, we open with Piper and Leo falling asleep on the couch, which is a god-awful thing to do in real life. I don't know if I'm just a huge wuss, but, like, sleep is for beds. I fall asleep on the couch all the time. Can't do it. I, I can't. I remembered the instant... I realized I was too old for partying anymore because, you know, you'd you'd go out to a party and you'd crash on a friend's couch. And there was a time like a year after I graduated college where I'd I'd crashed on a friend of a friend's couch and I woke up, everything hurt. And I'm like, okay, this part of my life is officially over now. I need to just sleep in beds. Hmm. I think it's also why it's harder to go backpacking across Europe or the yeah. Netherlands or whatever as an adult like hostile stuff is way easier than you're young I'm not I'm not saying you can't do it when you're older but like so when I first moved to Portland mm-hmm. I didn't have a bed I only had a couch because we lived in a tiny apartment and our room was too small for a bed so I just had a couch mm-hmm. so I slept on a couch for several years instead of a bed also one time before we were like together before we lived together i was at your house for a party and we partied really hard and i wondered why you didn't invite me to like stay overnight on the couch is that why uh i get i couldn't tell you what my motivation was that was several lifetimes ago (laughs) at this point i mean i made it home i i didn't drive home i i took a i took a cab home yeah but um i'm sorry for not asking you to stay over i thought you would ask me to stay over I'm, I'm just going to assume that was why. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> about that now. I could not tell you what my thought process was there. So, Pipe- oh, <laughs> Piper and Leo are on the couch. They're falling asleep together and being very sweet with each other. And yet somehow this is not Leo's dream. Yes. <laughs> Leo uh, bends down and he kisses Piper's baby bump. And he's like, good night, little one. And good night, human incubator that the baby's in. And Piper's like, Really? Really? I was going to say, because Piper is so... I I know, right? Piper doesn't want to feel like an incubator or whatever. But also, Piper is really mean to Leo. And 
just to, to really mark us in time where we are recording this, mm-hmm. I was going to make a joke about how Piper has a good day every day and Leo only has a good day when Piper looks at him. Yes. Except Piper never has a good day. Piper has no good days. So Leo walks upstairs and suddenly there's a mysterious male presence in the house and there's suddenly a lot more candles and the lighting's a lot softer. I really respect this guy we will find out later is from a soap opera that Piper's really into and they try to make the film look more like a more like a soap opera which is shot on tape instead of film. They're clearly still shooting on film but they try to give it that tape look. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh no, I can't. I'm married." And he's like, "Not here you're not." And suddenly she's not pregnant anymore and she's wearing like a sexy dress and he starts nibbling on her neck all Yeah, he's like, not in your dreams, you're not married. We zoom out from Piper's dream because she was dreaming. She's in bed with Leo. She was just dreaming about a sexy sex man, you know, magically wiping away her pregnancy and then nibbling on her neck. Huh. And, uh, yeah. Uh, We zoom out from that to see someone who looks so much like Leslie... Jordan. Leslie Jordan. Someone who looks so much like Leslie Jordan, but isn't. I, I, you know who Leslie Jordan is. You probably don't recognize the name. He's the southern gay old guy who was in a lot of shows. He, he was in American Horror Story Coven. He was in The Great North. He was in Will and Grace. He was in Will and Grace. He's Beverly Leslie in Will and Grace. I think that's probably one of his most recognizable roles. It, if if there's been an effete southern short he's very small very small homosexual man it was probably him he was an american dad he was in a, in a um what do they call that ink suit actor yeah yeah playing Beauregard, the hairdresser who rides around on a greyhound which he wasn't quite that small but you know this guy looks so much like him though and it you looked it up and it wasn't him and as soon as he t- as soon as he spoke but i'm like they should have got. They should have got Leslie Jordan. Yeah, I, I looked him up, and he is a character actor who's been in other stuff. So we can talk about it when we get to Premonition. But it is not him. And as you said, you know as soon as he talks, because Leslie Jordan is also known for his like very distinctive Southern accent. He's got a very Truman Capote thing going on. Yeah. So. But he's playing the Sandman. Yes. He has given Piper a sexy dream, and now he's going to give Leo an anxiety dream. It's more sepia tone, and the uh, the frame rate is weird as he's wandering through the house. He hears a baby crying. He's looking for the baby. He can't find the baby. I think we've all had this. If or it, Those of us who are parents or parents-to-be are familiar with this dream. I mean, I was going to say, he's having an anxiety dream about the baby? If only we had a shrink here, speaking of Frasier, to work this one out. Speaking of needing a shrink to work something very, very, very basic out, Paige. Paige is the next to get a visit from the Sandman. The she uh, She's dreaming about a baby shower at P3 for the new baby, the female girl baby that Piper is going to have. It's so weird to me, and I mean, this isn't even a spoiler for our audience because we talk all the time about how the baby that's expected is Wyatt, mm. but it's so weird to me that she actively puts, like, it's a girl balloons and stuff up, and I know they're just assuming because all of the Warren women have been women that it will be a girl, but it's like, no one at any point 
like looked at a sonogram and was like, oh, hey, hang on a second. Well, remember, they're not letting Piper get sonograms because it's a magic baby. I know, but they had her checked out at some point when she was, after all the accidents she'd been in early on. Did she not go to, do I not recall her being at a doctor early on? No, she was in a doc, she went to the doctors when she was having trouble getting pregnant. But then they, they, then she wanted to go to the doctor after she got pregnant and they physically stopped her. And I mean, I know her sisters are training to be midwives for her. Eve, yeah. I just. Eve was their talk around for that, but she's still not getting proper medical care for her upcoming, for her current pregnancy. Remember there was that whole episode where she was upset because all of the mothers in her mother group had sonogram pictures and she didn't. Oh yeah. This is just really irresponsible, girls. It's just very irresponsible. Especially because she does have two dangerous pregnancies. Or I'll, although I, I, I guess the first, I guess why it wasn't a dangerous one, Chris was though. That was. A... I mean, honestly, this is the opposite of a dangerous pregnancy because the baby is magically protecting her and himself. So, in her dream, Paige is throwing a baby shower and. All of the supermodels she invited to the baby shower just suddenly leave. Yeah, they're like, eh, we're done with this party. And she's, Paige is clutching a clown doll, and the clown doll's like, hey, Paige, why don't you look at the baby? <laughs> and she's, you know, she's slowly approaching the crib, but oh no! We cut to Phoebe. But yeah, oh no, we cut to Phoebe. <laughs> Who is doing, like, a Scream Queen thing. I... I like this kind of running thread with Phoebe that she works out her her issues through horror movies. Mm-hmm. This has been a reoccurring theme for Phoebe. And again, she's doing a Scream Queen thing where she's in like a black and white horror movie. And, and she, she's, she's being chased by a guy with a chainsaw. At first, I thought it was the axe husband guy from the, the axe husband horror movie when that guy was bringing horror movies to life. Mm-hmm. But no. I do like how the, like, horror movie black and white thing shifts into one of her premonitions. Yeah, so she has a premonition where she sees the a demon kill the Sandman, and then she jolts awake, and the Sandman's standing there, and he's like, this one isn't a dream. Not a dream. <laughs> and then we go to credits. You know, there's nothing stopping him from just explaining the situation to her. I don't feel bad that this guy gets killed later. You want to be all weird and mysterious until the halfway point of the episode? This is what happens. That's how you get killed. Yeah. Okay. You know what we haven't talked about in a long time? Okay. 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 One of the iconic parts of Charmed comes back in this episode. The 10,000 hours of opening credits. You know, opening shots of San Francisco. It is so much worse in this episode than I think it's been in possibly ever. Like, they basically, I don't care because they're playing the Sandman song, which is great. Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. It's a great song, but they play basically the entire song over shots of San Francisco. It goes on for a ridiculously long amount of time, which is fine in this case because I like the song. But they do this, and then they do a whole musical performance at the end. This episode was running aggressively short. There is almost a full minute of establishing shots it's like 50 some seconds and i know it doesn't sound like a lot when you say 50 some seconds but trust me a full minute on television for an establishing shot is a long time well what was the thing you told me like it it, normally every shot is like seven seconds long right or ten 
I don't remember having this conversation with you. That does seem like some... Oh, I, I do remember looking that up, but I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. You told me that because there was an episode yes. of Farscape where they did, like, half like half time. And yeah, it they made... did really quick cuts. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, 50 seconds is a... 50-whatever seconds is a really long time screen. Screen time-wise. Yes. Yes. So... In the manner, Paige is going, like, massively over the top for Piper. Hey! We do not give Paige a hard time in this house. Because everyone in that house is giving her a hard time for no goddamn reason! Paige is very passionately decorating the house for the baby shower. And, uh... She's like, she asked Leo to hand her something, and Leo's like, nah, don't feel like it. Leo's like, oh, I can't help you. I'm too busy baby-proofing the house. And she's like, you're bringing home an infant. You don't really have to baby-proof until you have a toddler, but the shower, the baby shower, is happening, like, immediately. Can you please hand me a streamer? And he's like, nope. So she orbs a streamer into his hand, and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, personal gain. Fuck you, Leo! Yes, fuck you, Leo. But also, the reason he's doing this is because Phoebe got him a book called, like, 101 things that can go horribly wrong with a baby in the house and i'm like jesus christ what an asshole thing to buy a new or expecting parent i mean to be fair to phoebe that is basically what what to expect when you're expecting is which is why that's also a terrible thing to give to a a pregnant person (laughs) but yeah Paige is like whatever personal gain i'm doing this for my niece and he was like you know the baby's not aware of stuff that like the baby can probably hear sounds or whatever, but it's not going to be able to see the 10,000 streamers you're hanging up everywhere. I guess that's fair. They start talking about their dreams. Like, Paige is like, look, I had a dream that the baby shower went really shitty. And it was like, oh, that's weird. I had a dream that the baby was missing. And Piper comes into the room and she's like, shut up about dreams. Everyone shut up. Shut up. Yeah, because she doesn't want to talk about her horny, horny dreams that she had. Yeah. She also, okay, she also gives Paige shit about how decorated the house is. She's like, oh my god, Paige, you need to chill out. This is just a lot. Like, this is just so much. And then, okay, she she tries to give Leo a kiss, and he, like, dodges her kiss and kisses her belly instead. And it's like, oh, how's my little incubator? Yeah, and Piper's like... I'm bruised because the baby keeps on kicking me. And Leo's like, oh, can I feel? And she's like, no, you shouldn't be able to. She should be able to feel the kicks at this point. Of course she can feel the kicking. Yeah, it's it's weird. She's like, you can only feel them if you're physically around the baby. And Leo's like, okay, fine. I'm getting cold anyway. I didn't want to feel the baby kick. She's like, you can't feel him kicking because he's she because i think it's a girl at this point you you can't feel her kicking because she's kicking the inside it's like that's you can still feel a baby kicking piper that's it's like an iconic thing for later in pregnancy feeling the baby kick yeah and you're giving birth next episode yeah like leo should be able to feel the baby kick but whatever leo is getting called and she's like oh not the fucking elders and he's like no phoebe and she's like good luck with that yeah, good luck with that indeed, because he orbs up to the attic, and Phoebe's like, ah, don't sneak up on me, and he's like, you literally called me! <laughs> and she's like, oh, sorry, I'm on edge. I had a nightmare about getting axe murdered last night, or chainsaw murdered, I guess. I don't even know who I'm mad at, because everybody's just irritating me. Like, I was so mad at Leo a second ago, now I'm mad at Phoebe for, for being terrible to Leo. So, 
he asks she asks uh she asks him about like this kind of tracker demon because she had a dream that a tracker demon killed some old guy in her dream last night but then it was real so maybe it was a premonition okay so now to clarify there are two different things in her dream there's the anxiety dream part of it which is the chainsaw guy in the mask and then there's the tracker demon that she saw kill the sandman so the psychological portion is going to be the mysterious masked person. In case you've never seen any piece of media before. Yes. Guess who's behind that mask? But also, she saw the tracker demon kill the Sandman. And she's like, it was at this camp I used to go to, you know, when I was a kid. And Leo's like, are you sure it wasn't just part of your dream? Because, like, dreams are memories and working stuff out. And she's like, no, Leo, shut up. I know what a premonition feels like. Which... And I'm like, do you, Phoebe? Because you haven't had one in months. Seriously. they. I feel like they just kind of gave up on Phoebe's powers. Like They literally had to give her a premonition within her dream so she would pay attention to it. So... They have, she has Leo Orb up to ask the elders, blah, 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 you know, are, are Sandmen real? She, she doesn't say that, but, you know, to find out who the demons are and who they're after and this, that, and the other thing. Okay. I really like the bad guy for this episode. The real bad guy? The real bad guy. Not, By which I mean the minion. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is a minion who I, we open on. A scene we've seen in Charmed a lot, this this guy's yelling at his minion. He's like, every other one of the tracker demons in, under my employees brought me a Sandman bag of sand, but you haven't. And the guy's like, I'm working on it. Come on. Get off my ass. I'll get it done. He's like, you sent me to the Sandman that, that sands the Charmed ones. It might take a little longer, okay? And the guy, the guy backhands him and he's like, you know how easily I could get you replaced? I could get you replaced like that. It would be nothing. But I'm not going to kill you because I am one of the more competent bosses. I mean, it, it goes poorly for him. I think we, I think this episode is a demonstration on why bosses in, demon bosses in Charm tend to get rid of their minions the first time they fail. But this guy's like, look, I will give you another chance Go back, get me the Sandman sand, and, you know, I won't kill you. And the guy's like, why? The, this guy is pushing his luck so much for a minion in He's Charmed. He's like, I know I failed you, but explain your plan to me because you haven't done that yet. Yeah, like, why do you want Sandman, Sandman dust? Sand? Yeah, like, demons can't dream. And the guy's like, look, when humans can't dream, then they can't, you know... They lose their ability to desire things. They lose their ability to regulate their emotions because dreams are the way that you work things out. And, you know, everything falls to shit. Honestly, taking away humans' ability to process their emotions at night is one of the better demon plans we've seen. Yeah, and honestly, he kind of succeeds. Like, they, yeah, they, they do kill all of the Sandmen. Oh, I thought you meant because we cut from this to Phoebe's newspaper, The Bay Mirror, and Elise is handing out assignments, and basically, like, everything is going to shit. There's all this road rage, somebody got, like, overturned a bunch of stalls in the farmer's market because they were out of organic cucumbers, like, it, it, it's a mess out there. Yes. And then- No, no, it, it's great. There, there's a also very of the time, here's a thing about a, a uh, parent who beat up a coach at a soccer game, and here's a thing about a coach that beat up a parent at a baseball game. And then 
two of the reporters get into a fight because one of them wants the better story. Yeah, which... And also, this is one of the things I like that Charmed doesn't do that often. Granted, they're killing Sandmen, but, like, these are demons whose goal is not to kill people, but just to cause evil to be in the world. Like, I like it when Charmed demons aren't just murder machines all the time. Yeah. All right, so... Phoebe and her... I know we don't God talk about awful. outfits all the time. I was about to say, you say that basically every episode. We do talk about outfits basically every episode. I just, I I didn't want to make it a thing. Because if we made it a thing, it would be the whole thing. Because all of the outfits are ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm going to share with our... You've said this so many times on our podcast. Wait, wait, but I'm going to share with our listeners my art project. Okay. I, I just ordered off of Amazon a 18-inch doll. That's the size of American Girl dolls, like the 18-inch dolls, but not American Girl because that's incredibly expensive for what I'm doing. So I got a knockoff American Girl doll that looks enough like Phoebe. And my art project is going to be making all of the ridiculous Phoebe outfits. The iconic ones. We Otherwise, it would be... It would take 10,000 years otherwise. Yeah. But I feel like one of the things you need to talk about when you're talking about Charmed is the outfits. Because... Phoebe is wearing, okay, we've, t- we talked about this a little bit in our Once Upon a Time podcast. There is this thing in, I guess, I- I'm-, I'm saying horror shows, even though Once Upon a Time wasn't, but there is a thing with the heroine and white sweaters. Mm. Buffy had one, uh, Drew Barrymore, I know it, it doesn't count because it was a fake up, but Drew Barrymore in the opening of Scream, like- Emma Swan had one. Emma, yes, Emma Swan. Ha- like, there is a thing with female protagonists or fake-out protagonists in horror-themed things having big white sweaters like this. Like, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. I know we only had three examples, and one of them was not from a horror thing, but, like, this is a thing. And Phoebe has one here, and her whole outfit, her whole outfit is weird. The sweater has these, like massive massive shoulders yeah it's got very puffy shoulders and it's a midriff bearing sweater of course well, of course and she has pants that have like this weird yonic design over her crotch okay here's the problem with the pants okay. here's what's going on with the pants it has this like leather belt piece that goes around the midsection that is a really long wide belt okay so the belt goes basically from the top of the pants to just below her genitals, okay? Mm-hmm. And the belt is like a, is a, a bright pink color. Mm-hmm. And the pants themselves are much closer to the color of her skin. Well, and So it a... keeps looking like she's wearing just tiny, tiny shorts. Well, but the thing is, the pants also have a drawstring, which she has in a diamond pattern over the belt. Which, as you mentioned, is put, is directly over her crotch. It's very weird. Like, so many decisions had to go into the construction of this. If I wanted to be generous, Mm -hmm. I would say that it was, like, trying to bring attention to her as a sexual being to contrast with, like, the virginal nature of the puffy white sweater, which, if we're talking about horror movies, is, like, the virginal final girl, and since... Phoebe is herself processing things through horror movies. It makes sense that she sees herself as the virginal um, final girl. Mm. But there's a lot of conflict with that because she feels 
a lot of distress over everything that happened with Cole. So she feels like essentially her entire, I mean, we make fun of her for this, but every single thing that's happening in her life, she keeps blaming on Cole, even though he is super, super <laughs> dead right now. And, and we're done with Cole. Like he'll come back once just to make sure she's okay, but he's gone. He's done. We're done with Cole. Yes. But she keeps thinking that everything is about Cole and her. And that's because she feels the disconnect, the conflict of the fact that she's trying to process things through horror movies. But if she's to survive that processing, she has to be the virginal final girl. But all of the trauma that she's experiencing is from her relationship, which was very sexual, where she became the queen of hell. So the outfit is highlighting that dissonance. If I wanted to be generous, that's what I'd say. So Phoebe and her terrible sweater are called into her office by her uh, secretary because Paige is on the phone. I will give Paige credit. I assumed she was in traffic, but she is not. She is in her car on the phone, but she's in a parking lot. Yeah, also, I mean, this is a kind of a weird time freeze. I know I've brought this up before, mm-hmm. but she does drive a Volkswagen Beetle, and we can very clearly see the uh, flower vase that old school Beetles had yeah. with flowers in it. I love that little detail about Paige, that she's the kind of person who keeps fresh flowers in the vase thing in her in her Volkswagen Beetle. So, despite Paige calling with, you know, an emergency she just wants to ask more stuff about the you know about the baby shower and and phoebe's like that's not really an emergency also have you seen like general chaos out there because it seems like the city's on fire and Paige is like no everyone seems the normal level of weird for san francisco this woman is flipping out behind her like honking the horn to try to get the spot well yeah because she's she's in a parked car and the woman wants the spot so she's like you know move your ass and it's like nope sorry that's not how this works if i'm page if i'm page you settle it because i'm there for the next half hour if you're gonna be honking at me and screaming at me like that yeah i'm I'm, i got a book you know what i'm orbing one of your brake pads away have fun with that Wow, you're so much more vindictive than I am here. Like, you're going to kill this woman. I was just going to sit and read a book and let her stew. My God. I don't think you'd die from having your... Yes, you absolutely would die from not having brakes. That's how you die. Well, I'm assuming she's not going to accelerate when the car starts rolling. Oh, okay. Uh, I... I, 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 I... I wasn't th- you were thinking that the car would roll away. I was thinking it wouldn't come up until later when she tried to brake. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting her brake line. Actually, I think I'd probably orb the horn out. Yeah, that's 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 the way to go. Or air out of the can you like orb the thing stopping the air from coming out of the tires? Ooh. Can you orb the air out of tires? Ooh, fascinating. But Yes, Paige agrees, as, as the woman is, like, the woman bursts out of the car and she's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't get out of this spot. Paige's like, okay, something's going on. It's probably some sort of psychic phenomena or whatever. Back at the manor, Piper is watching the soap opera that has her dream guy on it. Which is nice. We see it and we're like, oh, it's the same actor from her dream earlier. And Phoebe bursts into the room. like stands directly in front of Piper and Piper's like I'm watching TV there's so many other places in the room you could sit and Phoebe just like sits on the chair and is positioning herself directly in front of Piper Piper is pregnant what why are you being such an asshole to her 
I mean, everyone being assholes to everyone else is sort of a theme in this episode, but... Yeah, but I just want to point out here, real quick, mm-hmm. that the reason the rest of San Francisco is being assholes to each other is because they've lost the ability to dream, but that hasn't affected the Charmed Ones yet. Yeah, they still have their <laughs> dreams. Their Sandman's still alive. Speaking of, Leo tells them that the elders have informed him that... The being that Phoebe saw killed in her premonition was a somnio, And they're like, ooh, what's that? And he's like, Sandman. It's a Sandman. It's like, just say that, Leo. Just fucking say that. You're not special. I mean, I guess technically you are, but whatever. That's so pretentious. Blood orange. <laughs> Bitch, it's red. <laughs> uh... That was a that was a drag race reference. I I, I, I know it was. I I had a I had a similar uh I had a similar situation when I was actually in high school, where somebody was like growing a plant and he's like it's dragon's blood, and I'm like oh more commonly known as Thomas weed. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and Paige is like Sandman are real. Gosh, I don't know why I'm surprised. It's a really weirdly broad performance from Rose McGowan for basically no reason. Like, she she does the kind of head bob eye roll thing that she does sometimes when she's being very broad. It's it's just weird to be like, yeah, Sandman exists, Paige. Yeah. Muses exist. Uh, I don't think they've hit Guardian. Like... Leo brings up angels. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of them, like angels. Yeah, like... God, how does anyone masturbate in the Charmed universe? Oh my. Or have sex. There are, like, 40 different invisible beings who are assigned to control different parts of your life. It's like, big mouth, but more invasive somehow. Yeah, huh. Okay, I think this might be where I started to turn around the episode. Okay. Leo explains to them that the Tracer Demon is killing off Sandmen, stealing their sand, keeping people from dreaming. And Piper says, who would want to stop people from dreaming? It's just good erotic fun. And everyone's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) What, Piper? She's like, I mean, fun. Good exotic fun, which isn't better exactly. No, not at all. Not at all. So they all, you know, go around, I have anxiety dreams about X. Well, I have dreams about X. And Piper's like, I do, it's none of your business what I have dreams about. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you just stay here because you're too pregnant to help us, you know, with anything, you know. You, it's it's not like you're going to be able to run after the demon. And then they leave. And it's like, then why did you involve her at all? She just wanted to watch her show. Also... Her stories, I guess. She just wanted to watch her stories. Yes. And she turns it back on and uh, soap opera guy and soap opera girl are like post-coital. And she's like, God damn it. Yeah, she's like, I missed it. It's like, they didn't show anything, Piper. I promise. This is daytime television. Soap operas don't show people having sex. You're thinking of porn. (laughs) But also, why are they being so terrible about Piper joining them? Did they all forget she has an indestructible baby inside of her that's, like, protecting her at the same time? Yeah, like, who cares if she can't run? She's a tank. Right? Oh, poor Piper. But, of course, this is going towards the theme of her feeling like everybody is just obsessed with her baby. And, you know, this is true. This is, like, this is not... This is not all in Piper's head. Sometimes I, I will complain about 
Piper's behavior, but it is true that when you're pregnant, a lot of people start to act like your body belongs to everyone but you. So I, I feel I feel for her. I really do. 100%. Just let her watch her soap opera. If you're not going to let her go fight demons, let her masturbate to her soap opera guy. Yeah, seriously. I do love the cartoon. Like, again, this is an episode that's very good for broad reactions. When she sees that she missed all of the hot daytime TV sex, she throws her hands dramatically in the air and then flops, you know, flops back on the chair. She's like, oh, I missed it. So in the place where I I'm sorry, I know it's the place where Phoebe used to go camping as a kid. I believe that Phoebe, especially season one, Phoebe would be the kind of kid who would enjoy camping. I 10,000% do not believe that Grams would ever take the kids outside. Maybe she did it like with Girl Scouts? Yeah, or something. Maybe she browbeat Peru into doing it. You know what? I'm just going to assume that this is like where the Girl Scouts took the campers and that she was in Girl Scouts. Because that seems like a very Phoebe thing to be in Girl Scouts. Yeah. So the Sandman is standing in the middle of the campsite and Phoebe runs up just as the demon's attacking. The demon kind of sort of misses the sand like he knocks the sandman sandbag into phoebe and so much dream dust hits her in the face that her nightmare murder guy physically manifests yep she gets hit with some dream shrapnel when the guy fails to kill the sandman and now and now her dream has made it out into the real world this is the second time that a demon has pulled Phoebe's fears out of what out of the horror movie pastiche that they were in into the real world. Hmm. Yeah, they're all the fingerprints of a lot of different episodes on this, but you know, I had a lot of fun, so I can't complain. I mean, I can. That's the whole point of a podcast. <laughs> but uh, so they book it out of there. Uh, the Sandman. It's now the next day. The Sandman is sitting in the you know very very pretty sunroom. And he's explaining because this is charmed and they have to explain the plot three or four times just to make sure that you got it. You know, the whole, all of the other Sandman in the San Francisco area have been murdered and he's basically the only one left. And like, this problem isn't solved by the end of the episode. Like, yeah, it is. They ki- oh, not the fact that there are no more Sandmen. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's a problem. That's, that is very much a problem. But I have to assume that, like, Sandmen are recruited the way White Lighters are and that the Elders will just, like, put an ad on Indeed. Or or the Ice Cream Man who lures demonic children into the Wasteland ice cream truck that kills them. How that's a role that's mystically assigned to a new person when the old one dies. Uh, the most junior Elder has to take care of it until they can recruit some more Sandmen. Uh also, by the way, Paige is really annoyed at having to take care of all of this because she wants to plan the baby shower instead. And Piper's like, get rid of them. There's more important stuff. And Paige is like, nothing is more important than this baby shower. And Paige is like, do you not understand? This baby is the product of a witch and a white lighter. It's important that we celebrate that because in the past it's been the kind of thing that's been a shame that had to be like hidden away. And now that it's something that can be embraced, we need to celebrate it. This is in no way my own issue. And Piper's like, okay, we're just going to take the Sandman upstairs. <laughs> so what once again, if only we had, if only we had some gifted Ivy League educated psychologist who could unravel this for us. 
So in the weird lightning graveyard place where the tracker demon and his boss are hanging out, the tracker demon's boss is like, God fucking damn it. I gave you another chance and you still didn't manage to kill the stupid Sandman. He's like, well, the Sandman was with the charmed ones. So why don't you get off my ass? Also, look at that. It turns out that when you like overdose a witch i guess with sandman sand their nightmares become manifest and i know you're trying to make a name for yourself with this whole killing all the sandman thing but think about what a name you could make for yourself if you killed a charmed one he's like you know what i'm just gonna take all this sand that you've been saving and i'm gonna go throw it on all of the witches and bring their worst nightmares to life and that's gonna be the plan and the boss is like hey Hey, I'm still the boss. I'm still in charge. And the Tracer Demon's like, hm, okay, for now. <laughs> See, this is why I like the Tracer Demon. Because he, he's just like, I don't know, he's very competent. And that's something I find appealing in a character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one who, he, he wasn't in on the plan. But as soon as he was in on the plan, he was like, hey, I know how to make this better. And I'm just going to do it. And hope my boss doesn't blow me up before I'm successful. Meanwhile... Okay, what is up with Paige's friends? I was actually going to... Well, they're Piper's friends, theoretically. Are they? They're supposedly Piper's friends. I was actually going to say, meanwhile, back at the manor, the supermodels who stand in the background when they have parties were accidentally given lines. Yeah, I don't get who these women are. Okay, so... Because they we- don't seem familiar with with pipe like they do they don't seem like piper's friends i assumed they were someone page hired but i guess no 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 they're friends they're friends now we've talked about this before but just in case our our listeners don't remember or whatever the the trope for this which is we usually talk about in regards to friends is 24-hour party people Mm -hmm. the just background people who show up when characters have parties but because the characters only interact with each other like we have no idea who these people are they never come back they never have lines 24-hour party people that's who these girls are it's just that we've weirdly given them lines and act like we're supposed to know who they are well it's really and especially because piper's like look i can't deal with you people in my house right now so you need to leave and they're like that's just the hormones talking and i'm like i'm sorry that is a good way to get shot like also if a pregnant woman is like i'm very overwhelmed right now please back off fucking back off jesus what kind of monster here's I don't feel up to dealing with you right now because the human being I am building inside of me is draining me of all my energy. And they're just like, whatever. It's not like you can stop us, prego. I do remember, I feel like it was a couple of seasons ago that Piper was anxious that she was losing all of her friends because she was focused on her magic and she couldn't, like, attend their baby showers and stuff. Yes. That, when, that was in the, the fake sor- normal again episode, right? Yeah, when the source trapped them in the... Uh... Yeah, I mean, presumably these are the second or third tier friends that she didn't actually lose when that happened. I still think they might be Paige's friends. Uh, It doesn't matter. Whatever. They're being incredibly rude to someone who's... Why are they being so shitty to Piper? They're throwing this party for her. Okay, so they're... Well, they're actually like... the, The party's not about you. It's about your friends getting to celebrate you. I actually have a theory about them, and that is, like, where would Piper have even made friends? 
considering the fact that she's lost all of her friends since she got into being a witch and isn't there to support them anymore, I have to assume that these are very tertiary people in her life that are in her life because they are also in the club scene. Mm. So they haven't had a lot of pregnant friends. We see that they're very young. So I, I assume that these are like women who are talent bookers, things like that. And it's just the closest thing to a friend she has. And they're like, um... We thought this was going to be a party, but apparently it's all about, like, the life you're growing or something. I think, again, I'm still not sure that these are Piper's friends. If they are, I'm assuming that it's like that one episode of Friends where they're trying to throw a... Uh, a baby shower for Rachel and... For Monica. But they can't think of anyone she knows, so they just go through her black book and invite everyone, and mm -hmm. it's all people she's cut out of her life. Yes. I don't... Anyway... Piper physically pushes them out of the house and Paige is like, what? We need the help setting up the house. And Piper's like, Paige, please do not make me talk to anyone else. I do have to assume that part of the reason they're acting like this is because Paige was already being a little bit out of control with planning the party. So mm -hmm. they're like, if we leave right now, Paige is going to flip out on us. So in the attic... The Sandman is trying to help Phoebe figure out how to defeat the Chainsaw Man, and apparently the way to defeat the Chainsaw Man is to figure out who's behind the mask. Hey, guess who's behind the mask, y'all? Oh, no spoilers. Mm -hmm. So Piper and Paige are bringing in the 10,000 trays of food for the party, and you do not need this much crudite for a party. People are not going to eat that, and it is going to go bad fast. It also feels like a little offensive for somebody who used to be a chef. Hey, remember that she used to be a chef to bring in all this food? I don't, I don't know. I, that's probably that's probably weird of me to think that, but I'm like, wh why are you bringing in all of this catered food? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's that that. That's like a weird side thing, but it feels it feels off to me. Piper points out, though, because Paige is freaking out that she sent the friends away. Uh, Piper points out she's like, because Paige is like, I just, I need the party to go perfectly for the baby. And Piper says, weirdly insightfully, for her or for you? Yep. Which, way to have more insight than I typically attribute to you. Okay, you so... know what you know what Paige could have done instead of spending hours and hours putting up all of these decorations in the house. Mm -hmm. She could have cast a fucking ward around the house. Okay, to be fair, Phoebe is casting a summoning spell to draw the tracer in so that they can do their standard trap in a crystal cage torture, etc. Okay, okay. It's just I don't know if he preempted that or if he felt himself being summoned and he's like, I can just go somewhere else in the house. Because he, he blorps into the kitchen. He Sandman Sands Paige. He Sandman Sands Piper. He uh, zaps Leo and then he's like, eh. He shrugs and he Sandmans him too. And then as soon as everyone has been Sandmaned, he just voips out. Okay, so... Piper is no longer pregnant, and now she is in a sexy dress, and her sexy soap opera lover is there. The clown doll that Paige had has come to life and is cavorting about in front of her. Being like, boy, howdy, Paige, this party's sure gonna suck. <laughs> honk, honk. And, and... And Leo walks back into the kitchen, 
fully pregnant. This is the second time they've done this to him. This this season. This pregnancy. And they're going to do it again when she's pregnant with Chris. Yeah, you would have think he would have worked out all of his issues around this last time they had him pregnant. Oh, well. Although, in that case, it was the baby switching their powers, but also Leo had all the pregnancy stuff. He had all the pregnancy symptoms, yeah, yeah. So, I guess this time he's just physically pregnant, because he could feel... Although, he could feel the baby inside him before, right? That's what pregnancy symptoms are. Yeah, but I think the baby wasn't moving yet. Like, it wasn't wasn't quick yet. Yes, and they do... He does have the belly. Yes. By which you mean a pillow stuffed under his shirt because they did not try at all. No. So, the... Up in the attic, Phoebe is fighting the chainsaw man. And when she stabs the chainsaw man in the gut with a coat rack, she herself becomes injured in the gut. And the demon kills the Sandman. The demon lightning bolts the sandman and he sands into sand yep and then the demon scoops up all the sand that was the sandman well most of it yes there's still some left for the charmed ones to use later you know of the body of this man who was once alive and had thoughts and dreams and hopes and such leo runs up and is trying to heal phoebe but he's having difficulty because the chainsaw guy is there as well and like it bas- it's, it's two healings in one. Yeah, and basically it's like all the energy that he's putting into Phoebe is like getting siphoned off by the chainsaw guy. But once the chainsaw guy is healed now, Phoebe is healed too. So they uh, they quickly have to come up with a plan. Uh, they already whiffed the whole saving the sandman thing. I was going to say, it's kind of weird that they lose their innocent halfway through the episode and then they still have to deal with all of the aftermath. That's kind of a strange structure for an episode. Piper gets ready to blow up the chainsaw guy because he has also been healed. So, but, but Phoebe stops her and she's like, remember, whatever happens to him happens to me. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to mention it here. And then a little bit later, why does everyone forget that Piper also has the ability to freeze? This is a running problem through the rest of the show. Nobody shouted Piper freeze him. How was she supposed to remember if nobody did their job and shouted Piper freeze him? But like, why doesn't any any why doesn't anyone remember Piper can freeze? Honestly, though, I feel like they're what they did was right. Like it was a good plan. It's what they needed to do rather than freeze him. Piper and Paige orb downstairs. Phoebe runs and draws the demon down, and then once she gets down there, they have the crystal prison and they freeze him in the crystal prison. So I, I feel like that was. A fine plan. Yes, they have trapped in separate crystal prisons the clown, uh, Piper's sexy sex man, and the chainsaw guy. Phoebe is like, who is this sexy sex man? And he says, I'm Piper's dream lover. And honestly, like that line reading, her her gasp reaction to it. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Everyone is very over the top. Uh, Leo is so snippy about this. Okay. I'm sorry, is this a this is a straight person thing, right? This is this is a straight person thing being jealous that your partner is subconsciously thinking about other people. Honestly, I feel like it's more are the straights okay, which is to say, I don't even want to put this on all straight people because it seems really offensive <laughs> to do that. I feel like most people who are secure in their relationships do not get jealous when you dream about someone else, but it turns out that's not Leo. Hmm. Well, this show has a very 
weird relationship with marriage. Mm-hmm. I there's a bit later, which I was gonna say for when it comes up, but we repeat things a lot, so there's a bit later where Piper and Leo are going through couples counseling and they're talking to Daryl and Daryl's wife. wife. And Daryl and Daryl's wife, because they're like, ah, oh, you're doing the, not the rules. What is it? The There's something. Jim and Pam did it in the office, too. The, like, gratitude thing? Yeah. It, it, there's a special, there's a special name for that weird style of communication. And they're like, you're doing that, huh? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, we had to do it when we were in couples therapy, too. Everyone has to do it. But you know what? It works for everyone. And I'm like. I don't think everyone goes to couples counseling. Like, I'm not saying couples counseling is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's really weird that they establish that, like, this is a thing every couple needs. Okay, so it's funny because I feel like this is actually a time freeze. So, again, we'll talk about it more when we get there. Mm-hmm. But we're just reaching the point when when we're watching these shows where therapy is no longer a thing that you have to do when things are very, very bad. It's a thing that you can do just as, like, a mental health checkup. So I actually think they were doing a good thing there in normalizing the idea of going to couples therapy. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, but also not everyone needs couples therapy. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I I feel like it's not. Maybe it should be, but, like... I feel like if your relationship is good, you probably don't need... Uh, uh, I know, it's the trap. You might think that you're in a good relationship. Also, like, I... I, I... Okay. I just think it's a weird thing to just insinuate that... I don't want to that... any person from going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Although... Unless you're with an abuser, because then abusers take the language of therapy, and that just adds to their... Yeah, every... All of our listeners are very online. They know all this. Yes. So, the clown is making fun of the decorations, and Paige is, like, giving him the stink eye, and then she just kind of stomps off into the other room. The clown is being so mean to Paige. He's like, oh, wow, you sure are invested in your sister's baby. Someone here doesn't have a life of their own. And and he whispers to the, like, lover guy. He's like, I got her number. And the lover guy's like, okay, dude. Why are you being so mean to Paige? You came he, out of her head. Hey, is he in the Hollowell Manor? <laughs> Seriously, I, you know, we are teen page in this household and everyone is too mean to her. Okay. A, th- a thing I do like about this episode is, and maybe this is the reason why they had to have really long opening and closing credits, but like everyone is aggressively on the ball here. Like they immediately figure out, okay, in order to stop our dreams from physically manifesting we need to go we need to go into dream world we need to confront whatever issues the dreams are you know supposed to be helping us confront we need to do a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors we need to go into our dreams and kill him there yeah so they all try to figure out their problems like they're all trying to figure out what their dreams might mean and phoebe's like i know cole and it's like, oh my god. It's not all about, well, I guess it, in this case it kind of is, because of that whole speech I gave before. Yes, that Cole is the specter that she cannot escape, so she'll go in there and she'll confront him and, you know, get over it for once and for all. Paige is like, well, in my dream everyone's abandoning the baby, so I guess I'll go pick up the baby. 
And Piper's yeah. like, my dreams are just sexy. I have sexy dreams about a man who's like, who wants to have sex with me. And they're like, I guess you have to go into your dream and have sex with him. And Leo's like, what? <laughs> and they're like, Leo, it's just dream sex. Every woman has dream sex. It's true. I mean, it, it is. That's true. Yeah. And Leo is going to stay awake and he's going to use the Sandman sand Wait. so they can dream. Don't all men have dreams? Don't all humans have sex dreams? I think all humans have all varieties of dreams. Well, I just I just mean that's not solely like a woman thing, right? Like all humans have sex dreams, right? Yes, I believe so. I can't speak for all humans. Sure, ob- obviously obviously nothing is universal, but like it, we're we're not this isn't a this isn't a specifically gendered phenomenon, right? I don't believe so, but this isn't the sort of thing I've asked a lot of people about. Well, I know what I'm. I'm, t- I'm mostly going off media where sex dreams tend to be a gender neutral thing. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm I'm asking a bunch of guys if they have sex dreams. So back in the Thunder Graveyard, now that the Charmed Ones have all planned out their dream strategies, uh-huh. uh huh. The minion guy is. I love he's smoking. He's just sitting in the middle of this lightning filled graveyard smoking. And his boss comes up to him and he's like, "So." Did you kill the Charmed Ones? And he's like, the thing that occurs to me is that I'm the one who's like doing the super dangerous thing. And why should you get credit if I'm successful? And his boss is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, lightning bolt. This this minion is ahead of his time. He's got the Gen Z work ethic. And I mean that in the most flattering possible way. He's like, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm not coming in here and just doing what you tell me to do because you tell me to do it i know my value i know what i contribute to this organization and maybe maybe it is you who needs to be lightning bolted yeah like i feel like it's a good summary of the gen z work ethic yeah and good on good on him you know what and good on gen z because i feel like they're making things better for all of us with their like not giving a fuck yeah they pay you to do a job you go in and you do that job mm-hmm. like i i really messed up my car going into work when like the weather was really bad like my car is still to this day pretty messed up from that yeah and you know what my job didn't give a shit nope like i i got there was no benefit for me going above and beyond i i really appreciate gen z giving us uh act your wage right yeah. act your wage so Leo has a little sleep thing where he's holding the baby, but then they wake him up because he needs to be the one who's awake to dust them once they all go to sleep. And as soon as they get rid of their dream problems, they can just kill the tracer demon because as was mentioned earlier, you know, he's not a particularly high level demon. No, not at all. Okay. So... (laughs) So Phoebe opens the door so everyone can say one, every every one of their dream manifestations can say one thing. Like, her guy revs the chainsaw, the clown's like, hey Paige, let's party, let's have a party for the abandoned little girl. And the sex guy's like, hey Piper, let's have sex. The caption's actually, because he starts like singing and doing a little dance, the caption's actually, his, his name is Slappy by the way, like the evil dummy in Goosebumps. Goosebumps. And the captions actually say, Slappy sings unintelligibly. (laughs) So the girls cast a sleeping spell on themselves, which got handy. Uh, Leo 
sprinkles the dream dust on them. Mm-hmm. But They're... not too much. They clarify not too much because they don't want more physical manifestations. The dream dust, which, as you pointed out, is the corpse of the Sandman. Ugh. So Phoebe's back in the basement and she's like, I know you're down here, Cole. I'm not scared of you anymore. And the guy, you know, bursts out with the chainsaw. And she's like, I'm not afraid. And he slashes at her and she's like, oh, but I'm not just going to stand here and let you cut me to pieces. It makes sense that Phoebe's like horror thing is happening in the basement because that's like she has the connection to the Nexus, which is in the basement. That's where uh, the woogie is like it's it's where Cole became the source. It's where Cole became the source and thus she lost him. Also, wasn't Cole doing something weird with the with the energy in the basement when he got vanquished? No, in the episode before he got vanquished, the thing where he was like, he was getting Phoebe sued and he got Paige in a car right, accident. So he right, right. So that he could take control of the Nexus slash the Woogie slash the... By getting the deed to the house because they needed to put it up for Paige's bail. Don't get me started on that again. I will lose. I will lose it. I will lose it. So in Paige's dream, uh, you know, it's, it's the same dream from before. All of the supermodels are leaving the baby shower. She's holding the clown doll that's like, why don't you go check out the baby? And it's her. She's the baby. I love how the, the they gave the, the baby a blanket that says Paige Matthews, because otherwise, how would you know? Yes, although that is the blanket that Paige had that she was wrapped in when they were like, oh, I know, that's, God, you know what I'm confusing her with? Fucking Emma. Emma. <laughs> Fucking Emma. They didn't name her Paige. They just said you have to name her a P name. And they're lucky they didn't get two Phoebes. Yeah. You have to have a P name that has P in it phonetically. Well, I mean, they could have gotten two Pipers, two Prues. But yes, Paige picks up herself as a baby and she's like, oof, this, uh, hmm. And she snaps awake. She's like, oh, I guess my issue was the thing everyone's been telling me my issue was all episode. I felt abandoned as a baby. No one could celebrate me because, you know. I, I had to be kept secret, and I want this baby to know that it is loved and wanted, which, fair. Okay, we made fun of how obvious, how obvious the psychological thing was here, but it's also very real. When you have a baby that a lot of your trauma comes up again because you're, you're seeing this innocent thing, you know, come into existence, and you think about when you yourself were this innocent thing and this trauma occurred, right? And... I know she's the aunt, but, you know, they all, they all live together. They're very close. Uh, they're, they're close enough that it makes sense that this is bringing up trauma for her as well. This is, like, a, this is a real psychological thing that happens. So. And, and again, she has the connection because of the whole half-white light or half-witch thing. Like, this is very directly right. a thing to her situation. Mm-hmm. So she looks into the room, and the clown, like, kind of waves at her and then disappears. And she explains the whole thing to Leo because... Anything that happens in Charmed has to be explained at least three times. I mean, I guess that's why we're making fun of how obvious it was. Because it was very obvious, but still everyone needed to say it out loud. Um, the the sexy soap opera guy gives, like, the saddest sad eyes. He's like, I just wanted sex. Yeah. It's weird because the clown isn't actively malicious either. Like, out, out of the three dream things, it, they all... The, Two, two of them actively want to help. It's just the soap opera guy isn't being creepy about it. The clown was being creepy about it, but he he wasn't malevolent at any point. He was being a kind of a dick, but like he just did want Paige to confront her issue. Yeah. 
and the soap opera guy, like, we go into Piper's dream. She's making out with the soap opera guy. She's like, no, I'm married. He's not in your dreams. You're not. And they they make out, and she pulls away from the make out, and it's Leo, because really she just wants some goddamn sexual attention. For, she just doesn't want to be seen as an incubator. Yeah, and that's also really appropriate to dreams where people will be more than one person. Like, it, it will be your co-worker but in your dream you understand that it's actually your cousin you know yeah and page uh page and leo see piper stirring they look into the room and the sexy sex man it's cute he gives them a little salute and then he vanishes yeah he gives a little little two, wave yeah two little... finger salute thing yep and uh they're he's like, like my job here is done that girl's gonna get laid <laughs> And they're like, where'd he go? And Piper's like, he went right here. And she starts making out with Leo. Because she, all all she wanted was to be recognized as a sexual being. Far be it from me to, like, be on Piper's side. I mean, I kind of, with Piper and Leo, I'm kind of like, I feel like they could both do better. But it, it seems like... It, it, it seems really crappy that Leo needed a demon to confirm <laughs> that he needed to treat his wife like her own person when she's been saying that to him all episode. Yes. So, in her dream, Phoebe tries physically fighting the masked man because she's like, wait, I know how to solve my problem. Violence! <laughs> and she, she kicks him down the stairs, but then he splits into three masked men, and wh- which breaks the outer masked man out of the crystal cage yes because there's three of him now and again really great time for uh piper to remember you know how to freeze things yes because they're like you can't blow them up because it will kill phoebe you could freeze them okay wait here's my question though Uh, they wouldn't freeze because they're part of phoebe and phoebe's a good witch oh no that isn't what i was gonna say oh sorry go on no that's much better than what i was gonna say though (laughs) I was going to say, would that have caused Phoebe to freeze, too, and therefore she couldn't work through her thing, and it would just delay the inevitable? Uh, I'm just saying I have an explanation for why that wouldn't have worked. They could have thrown it in. No, that's a really good one. Yeah, they won't freeze, because they're part of Phoebe, and she's a good witch. Yeah, yeah. So Phoebe whips the mask off one of the guys. When they split into three, they all got different weapons, which strikes me as odd for some reason. Like, one of them got, like, a butcher knife, and the other one got, like, an axe, but the chainsaw one still had a chainsaw. They only had one chainsaw in the prop room! (laughs) So, Phoebe takes off the guy's mask, and it's secretly her, and then all of the bodysuits deflate so that they have, like, sexy proportions now that we know they're Phoebe. Well, it's like, it was clearly the body of a large man, but once we realize it's Phoebe, oh, now all of a sudden it's Phoebe underneath there, so. Yeah. I don't get what hers meant though like she's too hard on her i i like i'm sorry the other ones i i understand because they spelled them out very clearly but phoebe's is this weird thing where she's like i was running from myself the whole time what that doesn't make any sense like literally literally piper and Paige both tell her that doesn't make any sense and she's like I just realized I need to stop beating myself up about Cole, the whole Cole thing. It was definitely not my fault at all. Jesus Christ. But also, at what point is she blamed? I mean, I guess technically she's 
kind of blamed herself, but she only blamed herself as a long way of blaming Cole for everything that happens in her life. Yeah. So Leo's like, I'm still pregnant, though. Oh, wait, I felt a kick. <laughs> that was him deflating. And then <laughs> that was Piper reflating with the baby. That's horrifying. It's <laughs> horrifying. Oh, hey, you know who they haven't taken care of yet? Yeah, the the tracker demon. Tracer. Tracer demon comes in and he's like, ha, I'm going to kill you all in your sleep. Oh, you're not asleep. And Piper just blows him up. Just so, so casually. She's like, oh, wait, loose end. Boom. And they're like, wait, weren't we going to find out who he's he was working for? Or whatever? You know, were, weren't we going to, like, trap him in a crystal cage and torture him and find out who his boss was? Well, they were only going to do that because they wanted to figure out what was going on with the dreams but now they know but i mean they still don't they don't know that he killed his boss they don't know that the guy who's killing sandman has been stopped that's a good point honestly this episode doesn't resolve anything i mean it does it's just they don't know that it's resolved but they don't have time for this because they have to go to p3 and give the musical act another like 60 60 120 seconds to perform yeah this woman performs a very 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 long song did you look her up at all i Uh, no but she on on imdb when i was looking at the cast like she's strongly like there as herself like she is oh no i I meant because i kind of assumed she was gay just from the way she was dressed and the way her band looked by the way she was dressed you mean she's like wearing a rainbow shirt with a bisexual suit coat over it by the way, I, I don't just mean you're like, oh, she's got... Yeah, she's she's wearing a, a white sweater with a rainbow across it. She's wearing a suit in the bisexual flag colors over it. And then she's wearing uh, jeans. Yes. And her aesthetic is very... Lilith, Lilith fair. fair. Yeah. Not to assume, but also the... Also, her the the, st- the the way she's performing, the whole thing reads very little affair. It doesn't matter. Whatever. We do this long shot through the crowd to uh, where Piper, Phoebe, and Paige are, and they've fallen asleep on the couch. Wah, wah, wah. I guess they're not dreaming, though, because their Sandman's dead. Oh, God. Maybe Leo sprinkled some more dust on them. Like, they... I really like this episode, but they didn't resolve the plot. They killed the one guy, and Paige was like, weren't we supposed to figure out who he's working for? And Piper's just like, eh. And then they do this cut to the musical performance. That is weird. So this episode is weirdly fun to watch. I know we... It was, it was fun it was, to talk about, too. Yeah, it, it was... I was going to say hard to talk about, but... <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with this one. Well, I identified the moment where it, like, where it turned for me. Yeah. They didn't save anyone. Well, and not only did they not save their innocent, because that happens sometimes. That happens a lot of the time, but they didn't resolve the issue. Well, but also their innocent died halfway through the episode, and they still had to keep going. That's That feels unusual for me. I feel like that's a pretty normal thing. I'm going to have to start paying attention then. Especially later in the show. But, like, they didn't resolve the nobody in San Francisco has dreams anymore thing. I guess we can just assume that they hired more Sandmen or that San Francisco is just a rage pit from now on. Okay, I don't know what Beth Orton's sexuality is, but she is married to a man. Ah, okay. Sorry for calling you gay so much, Beth Orton. I mean, she's wearing a bisexual shirt, so. Yeah, and 
Yeah. You you went to uh, the personal life section of Wikipedia, which is the number one place for finding out if people are gay. <laughs> that is correct. All right. Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in her pack is Premonition. She did tour with Lilith Fair, though. Okay. She literally toured with Lilith Fair, which doesn't say anything about her sexuality. It's just we were right to pick up a Lilith Fair vibe. Yes. Sorry. Do your thing. <laughs> Where we look into the past, present, and future and see who is, was, or will become famous. Okay, so this is not, like, a thing that we normally... The thing I'm about to say is very common for guest stars on Charmed. But in this case, I feel like it's significant enough to bring up. That the soap opera guy was a real soap opera guy. That the soap opera guy was a real soap opera guy, right? His name was Austin Peck. He was um he was like a main guy on Days of Our Lives for like ten years. Hmm. Um so yeah. And I actually looked because in the soap opera that Piper is watching. He's playing a doctor. So I looked to see if he's playing a, if he played a doctor on Days of Our Lives, and he did not. But he was, he was Austin Reed on Days of Our Lives for like ten years. So, uh, back when I lived in Boston, I worked uh, for a theater. Sure. And one of our performances, like one of the people we had, because we, we had a lot of like B, C, and D tier actors. Uh huh. One of them was a band that was entirely people who used to be on Days of Our Lives in General Hospital. It was like four guys who used to be in those shows that had formed a band. Huh. I'm sorry, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Okay, um, and just throwing it out there that the guy who was not Leslie Jordan was... Uh, the Sandman. The Sandman. Was Henry Gibson, who was like old school character actor he was like on laughing or i mean that's not a bad thing i, I was like what it's, it's... you don't get it the mailbox was delmar <laughs> the mailbox was haldeman haldeman sorry i couldn't remember the it's one, it's one of nixon's guys uh, he's a real person it's a real thing must be a friend of theirs <laughs> They're really sticking it to that Spyro Agnew guy. <sighs> I assumed he was a real person. I, I... You bet. My point is, he's he is he was a well-known uh, character actor. So you you probably saw him in something as the old guy. I bet he was on Scrubs. I'm pretty sure he was, but yeah, it's it's funny. He he appears to have been playing the old guy like since 1973. Yeah. Uh, that will take us to the next power in our pack, Time Freeze. What specifically did this episode? I'm just going to have, I'm just going to go back a little bit. Having a soap opera guy who was in soap operas being a soap opera guy on your show feels like a very of the moment thing. Honestly, soap operas are, they are still available in some weird formats, but soap operas are much less of a thing now than they used to be. And not only are they much less of a thing, but Piper needed to watch it live. Yes. Yeah, she points out that if if she does not see this now, it is gone forever. She couldn't even pause the TV. That wasn't a thing you could do with TVs at that point. Yeah, and so not only could she not pause it, like she didn't have TiVo yet, but, well, at this time, at this time, 
um, my mother would program the VCR every day. So she would program the VCR to record her soap operas. Hmm. And then she would record, like, what, two or three hours of soaps, however much aired during the day. And then she would watch it. And because of the way soaps were structured, they were intended to be watched not every day. You catch them when you can catch them. So my mom would, like, fast forward through the plots she didn't care about or where they were just recapping stuff that happened over and over again. And she'd go through, like, her two or three hours of soaps in ten minutes. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, it's the newspaper comic soap formula too, right? Right. The the first one, uh, the first panel recaps what happened before, the second panel, it the second panel is a thing is what is happening, and then the third panel is a preview for what will happen next time. Also, you can just watch Monday and Friday, just like you can just read Monday and Friday, com- or you can just read the Sunday comics. Yeah, and they recap the whole week. It was like how you could just watch the first three and last five minutes of any episode of Lost and not miss anything. Yeah, although th- that had more to do with, in my opinion, bad structure and not a plan that they had. Yes. Also, uh, also for time freeze, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, did you have anything? I'm taking up all the time freezes. I was talking about soap operas. Yes. Uh, also for time freeze, the... Uh, coach beats up parent parent beats up coach thing i feel like that was a thing we were seeing a lot of Mm -hmm. was rage at children's sports games i is that not a thing that happens anymore has it been just eclipsed by more spectacular forms of violence i feel like it's definitely less so now i'm not certain about that but it definitely feels less so because it was like a big thing for a while there the simpsons had a joke about it okay also this is kind of weird but when the baby is kicking Right at the beginning of the episode, Piper says, the way this baby's kicking, I I think I'm going to be a soccer mom. And I feel like this is before soccer mom was its own identity that had nothing to do with whether or not your child actually played soccer. And she was like, I'm going to be a soccer mom specifically because this child who is kicking all the time is going to be good at soccer. I think soccer moms were like a thing then. Yeah, but I feel like now your child doesn't have to play soccer for you to be a soccer mom. Mm. Also, it's probably not related, but I think this is in the like five-year window where everyone cared about Mia Hamm. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. She was like the one sports lady everyone knew. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's, it's Megan Rapone, right? Oh, I guess it is. I, I was thinking uh, it was still Serena Williams, but it's it's weird how there's only like one sports lady who's in all the sports stuff at one time. Yeah. I wonder if she was on, do you remember, there was a very, very short-lived cartoon about, it was like Wayne Gretzky and someone else and someone else, and they were like sports-themed superheroes who fought crime. I do remember that. I don't think she, Mayhem was on that, but yes, I, I I'm just saying, that. if they were going to have a female guest star, it, it probably would have been Mia Hamm. Pro Stars. It's a cartoon television show featured on Saturday morning cartoons that are on NBC from September 14th to December 7th, 1991. Mm. The, three, the three main characters were Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson. Um... Man, it's nice when the internet's just like right there at your fingertips now. Yeah, you can uh, you can just look this stuff up. God, it's a cartoon where all of the voice actors are professional sports players. That must have been delightful. No, no, they they were voiced by different. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Honestly, it was very much like the Yellow Submarine movie. 
where the Beatles don't voice themselves, but then they appear in live action segments at the end because the uh, sports guys appeared in live action segments at the end. Okay, that will take us to the final power in our pack. Uh, telekinesis, what if anything genuinely moved you? Uh, this isn't really in the spirit of telekinesis because it wasn't like, I wasn't emotional like, oh, I'm so, like, it's making me cry, which, as as y'all know, lots of lots of television makes me cry. Mm-hmm. This was more like I was moved to a righteous anger on behalf of Paige because everyone in this episode was being so bad to her. When, when Piper comes in and criticizes her for decorating, I was just like, I, I was like, Paige, you and Buffy from the episode of Buffy where they all kick her out of her own goddamn house, you... And me and Buffy from that episode, we are all just going to go to Atlantic City and just get drunk and talk about how much everyone in your life sucks. Okay, my telekinesis is, I think, possibly from a slightly more genuine place. Yeah. Uh, Not that your anger is not genuine. It is genuine. (laughs) But mine is from a, I think, more intentional on the part of the writer's place. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Uh. I know it was the third time they explained it, but honestly, Paige explaining to Leo, like, the fact that she, the reason she is going overboard is because she regrets that when she was a baby, no one wanted her, like, her whole existence had to be hidden, and that she just doesn't want that for the new baby. Like, I really like that, and I know they they beat it into the ground, but her just telling Leo that on its own is a really nice moment, and him telling her it's going to be different for this baby. Yeah. All right, I think that'll about do it. Yeah, so next time we are talking about the episode, The Day the Magic Died. And the description from Peacock is, As Piper goes into labor, evildoers plot to carry the baby off to their kingdom. Good luck (laughs) with that. That's a really weird way of phrasing. This is the episode where all magic disappears. Like... I mean, that is technically what happens in the episode, but it's not really the thrust of the episode. But yeah, we're getting Wyatt Hollowell next episode. And I gotta warn you, like, every single episode description after this for the rest of the season involves people trying to steal that baby. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a whole thing. We're, we're entering Wyatt, we're entering Wyatt territory. But, but, you know who's gonna show up at the end of the season? motherfucking chris we are so close to chris i'm so excited to talk about chris i'm so excited for chris we're almost there chris 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 yeah (laughs) i hope he's not a disappointment when we actually get to him no that's the great thing about chris he is a disappointment (laughs) i mean that's kind of his character right yeah he's the spoilers he's the younger brother who cannot live up to his brother who's like a god and the rightful king of England and also like the ruler of the evil alternate universe that you came from yeah like Chris sucks and that's why he's fantastic so there's literally no way he can let us down Chris Chris has middle child syndrome even though he has no younger siblings yet he has preemptive middle child syndrome (laughs) All right, I think we're done for now. Yes. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. 
If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines. On Twitter. On Twitter. I said tweet. Yeah. Uh, So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. Thank you.